You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. been watching the Olympics? Yeah, I've been watching the Olympics. USA, I love the Olympics. Every time these things come around, whether it's winter or summer, oh yeah, like I am. T- I downloaded the well, NBC app on the Xbox. Oh, dude, so I could go to like all the different sports. I have. I watched so much fucking ping pong. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean? Uh, excuse me. Table tennis. Uh, it's, it's table tennis. It's fucking ping pong. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's still so fun. How do they do that so quickly? I don't know. Like even them slowing it, in, showing it in slow motion. I'm like, I have no idea how you're able to. And they're putting the exact spin on it. They're kind of hitting uh-huh. it from the top and out. Yeah. They're, they're, That's why they're Olympic athletes. It's like there's a thousand Forrest Gumps. <laughs> Although half of those guys are did Asian. You, did you see? Did you? Did you see what I? I posted on Facebook. Well, the first you post a lot on Facebook, Joe. No, so. about specifically about ping pong, about, pi- about, about table, table tennis. tennis. No, what the you Olympic say? table tennis. So I wrote something along the lines of like, you know, I can't wait the the, the Summer Olympics, all the drama and the excitement <laughs> of uh, of Rio de Janeiro 2016. Mm-hmm. I downloaded the NBC app and I'm watching dot 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 ping pong. <laughs> but then the final sentence that I wrote was something like, you know, serious talk though, uh, awesome for intergender competition. That's true. It's not true. Oh, no. Why do you mean? I was watching a woman from Spain play against what I thought was a man (laughs) from Rio. Oh, do they still separate even table tennis down the gender line? Yes. And I didn't realize that until like the score came up. And on the score, it said women's division. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. That's a woman. It looked like a little Asian boy. (laughs) Uh, I felt so bad. And that's why I had edited my post. I was like, um, never mind that sentence that I posted that I just now deleted here. That's a fun game to play when you see that edited uh, demarcation on Facebook. Yeah. Like, I I get obsessed with it. I'm like, oh, I wonder wonder if it was a typo. (laughs) What if they said something offensive? (laughs) What was deleted? I almost want to like reach out to the person and be like, hey, I noticed you uh, posted a comment on one of my posts. I also noticed it said edited. I was just curious as to uh, what you decided was not. Uh... It's like that's like the social media equivalent of John Favreau from Swingers, like calling the girl over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like stop following me on Facebook, <laughs> please. Just stop. This is Nikki. Leave a message. <laughs> <laughs> Who is I talking to? Oh, uh, I had a couple of uh, salespeople in my office this week, yeah. and one of them had never seen. <gasps> Swingers. Wow. Yeah. And I was I like, you have got to watch this movie. That man. movie holds up. We and, should do that on the podcast. And I, de- I described that scene. I was like, that scene hits me so hard in the gut. Oh, we've all been there. Because I've been him. I have been that guy. And it's just so tough getting back into the it's swing the of things. And you're like, I don't know how to be single anymore. And it's just, there's there's a few parts in that movie that are cringeworthy. Oh, Not yeah. that because it's bad, but just because it hits so close we've to home. We've all been there. But that fucking part, <laughs> when she finally picks up and she's like, don't call me don't again. Don't ever call me again. Oh, my God. And he's, he's in shock. He doesn't know how to respond. He's like, oh, so I guess you're home. <laughs> and just a deflated look on his face. Oh, that's, that, that is a great film. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, that holds up. I've Agreed. seen that several times. Agreed. Well, good. Well, now we don't have to do it on the podcast. Nope. This was our Swingers episode of The <laughs> Editing Bay. It's quick edits on The Editing Bay. <laughs> I like that idea. We should do that. I would love to. Dude, we... I know. Okay, I'll get into this in a second. There we go. Um, okay, a couple of things that we need to touch on. Like a few weeks back, you and I disagreed about what was the better Queen theme song. Oh, that's right. And, um, was... oh, I didn't look up the results, but I know I know what the results are. I don't know the were. actual numbers, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we disagreed on what that was. You pushed Flash Gordon's theme song, Flash. I still think I like that. Uh, and I was all about Highlander's Princes of the Universe. Mm-hmm. 
and we had uh, one of my friends, Shanna, uh, wrote like a sonnet. Yes. Like the beginning of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> she changed it up. And like showing her support, pledging her support for Princes of the Universe. Yeah. But it was so creative. It, it was, was so d- good. Well done. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine how many hours that took for sitting in front of her You computer. know what, though? She's so creative, it probably didn't take that That's long. That's true. That is true. Um, unfortunately, I am sad to announce that Flash Gordon's Flash <laughs> was the uh, the listener's choice. It's just opinions, They Joe. sided with you. It doesn't think, mean you still can't hold on vote, to your I think false... people vote on your side. Uh, because uh, they feel sorry for you, because because <laughs> I bully you on the podcast. Oh, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> ah, well, I, I can't wait till we get to this week's post. Should we do? Well, no, because this week's post uh, pertains to to this this to, movie to what we watched. About. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm so fucking excited about this. I am too. Uh, last last time we got to do this at the draft house was what about a year ago? Two years? ago? It was ago? almost exactly a year ago, I okay. believe. And uh, and we went and saw the animated Transformers movie from 1984? 1886, 86. Because it's celebrating That's its right, 30th, 30th anniversary. anniversary. Math. Um, now, you know what, though? I, I read this article about Ghostbusters that came out in 84. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I'm all confused on my 80s yeah, stuff Yeah, the 80s right now. Were, a, were, a, were a difficult time. Dude, a lot of was, mess. It was a dark time for the rebellion. <laughs> it was. Great time for film, though. Like, so many Specifically this year. I yeah. mean, we had Goonies, and we had uh, Highlander, uh-huh. and, uh, and this, and yeah. uh, pretty, good, pretty good year. Um, Ghostbusters. Too. But we brought the ladies with us. <laughs> we did the ladies. And my brother. <laughs> and your brother. Well, I said we brought the ladies. Oh, I'm kidding. Lauren is a listener. How Dude, dare you? you know what? I really enjoy your brother. Oh, he's I think great. He's really awesome. I don't know why you hate him so much. Well, shut up. Why you, you say <laughs> such horrible things about your brother. Shut up. You say such bad things about him. Don't believe his lies. So, so much Lauren, shit off the mic. not true. He doesn't talk shit. Of course <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, no, he's always the life of the party. Wherever he's we bring so, him. He's Everybody so loves fun. Him. He's you so, know what? And you know what? He, he's kind of like, we were talking about your friend Scott last week, mm-hmm. where I was like, man, that dude's just so funny. He like kind of stops me in my tracks. I'm like, I have no idea how to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, like your brother's got like kind of this this cool guy Ethan kind of thing going on with him. Like where oh, he's yeah? just like, and I don't, I don't. That's actually not really a compliment, cool guy Ethan, because if you've ever I don't seen, get that reference. Oh, oh, it's um, Jason Schwartzman from Slackers, not the uh, mm. not the independent Slackers, but the other Slackers. Right, uh, and he called himself Cool Guy Ethan. But like he's got the your your brother's like the master of like the handshake, but kind of looking at you from like the side. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Is like he throwing you he, shade. No, no, he's not throwing me shade. It's kind of like that. You're all right, kid. Ah. Like he get he's got like that Han Solo like interesting. I don't know how else to I describe it. I haven't picked up on it. but I, I really enjoy hanging out with your brother, though. Yeah, I, I wish you were as cool as him. Well, <laughs> well, when I die in a horrible car accident on the way home from this podcast record, probably, um, you'll you'll have an easy replacement. Can, can I still call him Joel? He sounds like... <laughs> just put a mask it's like, on. It's like Beer Fest. Guys, just call me Landfill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm just throwing out all kinds of stupid put references. Put glasses on. So we checked out the animated Transformers movie. Hey, uh, you haven't said the name of the podcast, though. Are Why? You, are, you, are you ramping up to it? Yeah, I'm, I'm ramping okay, up okay. to it. Okay, okay. It seemed like you forgot because no, it no, seemed no. like we're getting right into no, it. No, I, I wanted to... It's my favorite part. I, oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> never mind my plan. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes yeah. they're bad movies. Either way, we will watch a movie, and then every week come back here and analyze it with each other and uh, talk about what it did right, what it did wrong. And we invite you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, to join in on the conversation by going to Facebook. In the search bar, put in the Editing Bay. That's going to bring up a picture of a woman with bleeding eyes. That's us. Click on that. That's where you can talk back to us. Um, So, yeah, we went and saw Transformers, the movie. We brought Sarah and Jenna along with us. Yes. And the reactions were... (laughs) 
were similar yet different. You think so? Uh-huh. Well, no, I, I do. I was surprised that, uh, uh, maybe, not. well, yeah, a little surprised. I, I, I didn't expect either one of them to, to have seen this movie. No. This, of course, the, the animated Transformers movie. And when you say Transformers movie, nowadays everybody thinks of the, the Michael the Bay ones. move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I'm, I'm not really a fan of. You, I am a fan of the first, like, maybe 45 minutes. No, no, no. Not first 45 minutes. I'm a fan of 45 minutes <laughs> it t- it of totaled. the first movie. Yeah. There's okay. some cool stuff going on in there. There is some good stuff in there. Like I like when they they come, the robots come down to Earth and they finally they, they scan the vehicles. Yeah, that's nice. And you see them start turning into... I like when they first show up and save Sam Witwicky that's from... That's a great scene. That's an awesome Power. scene. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Bumblebee thing. It's just not exactly the direction I would have gone. Nope. I would have taken it. No. It's, it's, and it relies a little too much on... Uh, uh, like the army, there's that army unit uh, led by Josh. What's his name? Josh Dumel. 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 But and it's like, yeah, this isn't supposed to be so much about humans. Like, let's get to the robots. No, no. I, I like I like having the one human character that can kind of be the the, well, the audience. Yeah, it's it's our avatar in this world. Yeah. And that's what we had in the original animated TV show. We had Spike and Spike. his dad. Yeah. And I can't remember his father's Wait, did name. Did Spike have a dad? Yeah, Spike's the, father was in, in the, the original. Yeah. I don't remember so much him. Uh-huh. I, I know. I remember Spike. <laughs> but we that was who we were supposed to identify with in this world of Transformers. Um and so they tried to give us that in the in the Transformers movie. See, in the Michael Bay movies, not yeah. only did we have the army guys, then we had John Turturro and his like yeah. shadow ops thing. Yeah. And then we had Shia LaBeouf's parents. Oh, they were like, the worst. They they were pretty bad. Like I love that dude who plays his, his dad. They're both great. The mother's great. Great too. actors. But yeah, they're just overdone. And fucking Michael Bay with like dogs humping stuff in Calm his movies. Down, dude. Yeah. Settle the fuck down. I I still think that one of his strongest films was his first major movie, and that was Bad Boys. Oh yeah. Oh, that one's great. It's a really good like I go back to it and I'm like, okay, it's stylish. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a little dated now, but it's it, it, it's refined. Like, he's yeah. he's kind of... I don't know. He's, like, self-editing. Either he's self-editing or the studios were keeping a little bit tighter a leash on him. Mm. But it's it's a pretty lean movie and you get a lot of entertainment for what it is you're going in a for. A lot of that, though, is is uh, built on the charisma of the two leads. Yeah. Um, and and when, you, when you don't have that, his style can only take it so far. That's true. Um, and so that's where that's where most of the Michael Bay movies live, yeah. unfortunately. Um, that's It's almost like that movie... Um, God, what was the one that he did with Mark Wahlberg the and Island. The Rock? Oh, um... The Rock? No, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. I'm gonna look up my IMDb. I can't remember the it name. It just came of it. out like two years ago. Yeah, and it was. It was supposed to be really good. It, it actually was. It was pretty decent. And they had the Benghazi movie that came out last year. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one's getting be... a lot of critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had no idea that one was a Michael Bay film. Uh, I think that's kind of the way they wanted it. Yeah, they didn't really advertise it as a the, Michael Bay film. Is he hitting that Shyamalan? Uh, status where it's like no, let's I, not attach his name to he, these movies he's like Trump like if you're in there's nothing he could do at this point to you know to uh, turn you off yeah like the, the See, more brash his movies are I the, guess oh my god he's producer on Bad Boys 4 yeah was there a Bad Boys 3 there was not yet okay so they're really uh, they're really counting their chickens yeah they hatch there what was Pain and Gain Pain and gain. Is what it was called. Good call. Hey, no problem. It just yeah. I just needed 20 minutes to remember that. <laughs> Pain and Gain. Uh, you had some some good character work going on in that. It was a mess of a movie, uh, but 
it, there were some fun characterizations. Yeah. But I think you're right. In fact, if you've ever heard the story of what like Bad Boys was originally supposed to be, it was supposed to be a Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, Ugh. like buddy cop. There's movie. nothing bad about. Well, no. <laughs> puts a different definition. Yes. The word bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, it's it was kind of cool. Michael Bay came in and he was like, no, this is what the project should be, and he turned it into the the Will Smith Martin Lawrence franchise mm-hmm. that it is today. Mm-hmm. But getting back to franchise. getting back to well, I mean, you just talked about films. he's producing Bad Boys Four. I guess. So I guess that's a. Fr- it's a franchise. If there's two All movies, right. it's a it's kind of a franchise. Do you think two franchises? It spawned a video a- game. Oh, is that the criteria with which Dude, we're uh, I have, labeling franchise? We need to fucking play that game someday. I've mm. got a, it's it's on PS2, and it's clearly two white guys trying to do their best black voices. That seems insensitive. It's, it's in a seem, number of ways. Oh my god! But you've got to hear this voice acting. It's like. Hey, you think you're all that? Like it's it's so fucking. Are their bad. names Amos and Andy? Nope. No, nope. Interesting. Nope. Nope. So huh. I like I like when I get like autistic when you ask me questions and I get like literal. Like, <laughs> nope, no, nope, no, Joel, they're not Amos and Andy. It's <laughs> it's Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry. Thanks, Raymond. Come on, appreciate that. <laughs> That's right. Well, why can't I be the wizard? <laughs> the wizard. <laughs> why can't I be him, Timmy? Oh, no, we're in a new week. Or Jimmy. Jimmy. New, uh, t- Jimmy. It's a brand new week. It's a brand new... And we're new. talking about Transformers, the movie, Actually, 1986. The Transformers, colon, the movie. The colon. Which is a, a very confusing title. I don't know why they just didn't go with The Transformers. Like, it was the first film. I don't know why it's... They why called it, it have to The be Transformers. The movies. Well, the, the TV show was The was Transformers. Was it The Transformers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody ever called it that. No. No. When you're growing up, you're playing around. What do you want for Christmas? Transformers. I want The Transformers. <laughs> Nobody ever said Can that. Can you give me some of the Transformers? All right. And so, not that GoBot bullshit. So, you know... You hear me, Grandma? I've got kind of a soft spot for the GoBots. The GoBots were... GoBots I think were, there were some... Like, there were some GoBots that were kind of neat. No way, dude. That filled a little they bit of... They were the lamest rip-off version of the Transformers. I liked I like, the base. Oh, look, I'm gonna... I had, I had the GoBot base that was like an was ad at. I was able to, like, use it with my Star Wars toys. <laughs> um... Okay, no, let's talk about this movie because this film was very influential for me oh as a God. kid. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Uh, How many times have you seen this movie? Uh, dude. Yeah. Dude. Like, we're talking Star Wars We're numbers. in double digits, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Star Wars Highlander numbers. Agreed. That's how much I've seen this Although, movie. Although, follow up, what have you uh, experienced more, watching the film or listening to the soundtrack? Um, watching the film. Really? I do have the soundtrack. Soundtrack's in my car. I, oh, it's yeah? In, it's in spot number one. Oh, oh. And it's been there for oh, the you past... you have the CD? Yeah. Oh, it's gosh. been there for the past three years. I did wear that tape out. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you remember, like, there was kind of a dark time where you couldn't get a hold of this movie oh, on yeah. video? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, you either got the original release, the VHS tape, which uh-huh. I had, by the way, back yeah. from... Uh, what was it? Come out maybe 88 or 9. That was back... Kids, uh, you don't realize this, but you were so spoiled by the release date windows nowadays. Like now, it's like, oh, uh, um, Captain America: Civil War is coming out on VOD next month, right? Uh, And let's use this example. Iron Giant Blu-ray is coming out September 6th. Well, that's actually a bad... What? Because the, Why is that a bad... Because I'm trying to say movies nowadays have a much shorter window from theatrical release to oh. VOD release. Oh, my bad. I thought... Yeah, see, thanks. here's what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> there's a lot more information where people are like, this is when this oh, is coming out. Oh, right. We didn't have this kind of information growing no, up. Like no. when ta- so You went to the video store and you're like, holy shit, this came out? I hope something's here that I want to see today. Yeah. And it was. Okay. But yeah, but uh, like back in the day when a movie came out in, in, in theaters, it was at least a year, and sometimes years yeah, sometimes before it got more. a VHS uh, release. Uh-huh. And then, like you said, when they, when that went out of print, it's not like oh, I'm going to go online and I'm going to watch it in six different parts on YouTube. Nope, no. you're SOL. You better knew somebody who had it. 
Yeah. Or uh, had owned it yourself. It was like the early ages of eBay when I found it. In fact, it was it was even like when there were other shopping sites around the internet where people were just like selling shit. And I ended up finding like a copy of this movie in like a clamshell case. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The big, thick, oversized yes, sir. animated oh, movie. Oh, that Disney movies used to come in. Yes. Why did they do that? I don't know, but it made you feel like this was something special that you mm-hmm. just bought. And it was kind of like padded. Yeah, it's protected. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I remember like it was, I was probably in my early twenties, mid twenties. And I hadn't seen that movie in forever, but mm-hmm. you talk to your buddies about, oh yeah, there was a, the Transformers was so fucking good, it was so great, and you couldn't find it anywhere. No, no one had it. You had to find it online, buy it from some stranger, yeah. or know somebody who had it ripped off of some other dub. Right. Uh, but it was never like a quality. No, recording. of course not. Kind of like the print that we saw last night. Oh my gosh! Jesus, the film. It was a, so it was a thirty-five millimeter print because that's how Alamo do, and because we're still a couple of weeks away from the the Blu-ray, the remastered Blu-ray yeah. uh, version, which I'm okay with. There was something kind of nice about seeing the pops and fizzes. And I liked scratches. it. I liked it. It it bothers me when like. When the sound goes out from a bad splice, yeah, like that kind of annoys the piss out that of me. That happened on a couple of edits yep. there. Yeah, but other than that, it is it is cool. It's cool to see like history. It's cool to see those those film pops. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I kind of can't wait to see like a high def transfer. I was re- and I posted on the Facebook page because just today, as coincidence would have it, the like trailer came. Yeah, out. the trailer for the the new Blu-ray, which I think drops on was it September sixteenth or something, whatever that Tuesday or Friday. Do they still release DVDs on, on Tuesdays? On Tuesdays now? Yep. yep, that's weird the way that works. Is it? Well, yeah, because it's like music. It's like usually Mondays or used I to. I thought be. music is Tuesdays as well. Is music? Oh, maybe. Okay, okay, that's what it was. I thought like all new, oh, like, okay. like books come out on Wednesdays. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's was what, it video games, unless you're Nintendo who releases their shit on, on Sundays. Sundays, which That's is so weird. That's so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, but I think most of the new new media okay. come out on Tuesdays. Tuesdays you're right. And that then means, books on Wednesday. Unless you're a film, in which case you come out and on Friday. Films or, come, or Thursday night. Yeah, yes. Yeah. They're really <laughs> stretching that uh, midnight showing <laughs> yeah. moniker. It's when like, the, really? The 7 p.m. on a Thursday? <laughs> this is your midnight showing? <laughs> 7 a.m. on Wednesday. I know. Yes. Thursday night showing. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, no, this this movie was a movie that I saw a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a dark time where it wasn't available. And then yeah. I finally got it again. And you cherished the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Like, it was that movie you never let anybody borrow. <laughs> yeah, because you'd never see it and again. And everyone wanted to. They're like, yeah. could I borrow this? Could do I you have it on DVD? Yes, Did I do. Did you buy it on DVD when they released it? I, I remember that. It was a big deal. Yes, sir. And now it's a big deal again. And now a big deal again. Uh, I've got the one with like the lenticular cover. Ooh. Yes, sir. Where like you, you turn it and it's like Rodimus and he's turns into Hot Rod or Hot Rod turns into Rodimus. I remember that. Um, okay, so <laughs> I, I, I dig this movie, uh-huh. but it definitely has problems. This Transformers, well, the Transformers colon the movie. Thank you, thank you. Is basically the entire Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy Man, condensed into an hour and a half. They did borrow a lot. And again, talking about our, our, our respective girlfriends being there um, and not having seen, like I said, Jenna hadn't seen any Transformers property. Like when I was like, you haven't even seen the live action ones with Shia LaBeouf? And she was like, was Shia LaBeouf in the Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of was. So it, it was great. She she knew nothing about the backstory. I kind of had to fill her in. All right, there's these two sides. Yeah, you did. There's the... <laughs> and then we went back to talking about Transformers. Uh, after we cleaned up the mess. Like, call me Starscream. <laughs> <laughs> Till all are one. <laughs> Open, damn it. Open. <laughs> Uh, you oh, only get that God. if you've seen the movie. Uh, and hopefully you have. 
I hope so, because we're about to spoil the shit out of it. Well, I mean, it's a 30-year-old film. Really, <laughs> it's been spoiled. But uh, anyway, going back to this. So I was surprised at how little she knew, and I was kind of telling her the backstory. Um, and as she was watching it, she was like, wow, this is this feels like Star Wars. Like yeah. Unicron shows him. And she's like, oh, it's like the Death Star, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, there's even... Uh, well, we can go through beat by beat as far as uh, how similar it is. Hot Rod even has like a lightsaber in this. Yes. And, and there's that scene where they're on Megatron the Megatron has like a lightsaber at Megatron one point. Megatron does have a but lightsaber. But yeah, there is that part where, where Hot Rod's on the ship and, and he's, he's got a lightsaber practicing. and he's practicing against a robot. Time out, time out, time out. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know what it is, but I, this showing, maybe because we went into it and I knew we were going to be talking about it. Okay. Uh Definitely have some criticisms about this oh, movie. More critical eye, uh huh. More than meets the eye. I st- <laughs> no, it all met the eye. Uh, it, it all did. That's what Jenna said. No, it, yeah, she did. Um, you weren't quite as vocal with the songs this time around. Well, you know, last time I felt really like I start belting. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do this. We're singing, right? I did and then a, I realized I'm the only. I one. did a couple of times. Last time it was a perfect storm where like you and I, uh, it, it was just the two of us, and we also just didn't know the like the history that each of us had. Oh, yeah. that we both really enjoyed. It was, the it hell was, out of this it movie. was a d- discovery of each other and ourselves. It was like if I were to compare it to any scene in a movie, Joel, it uh. was our animal. Animal Crackers from Armageddon. Oh, that's right. That was our Animal Crackers moment. The gazelle. <laughs> where, where I'm like... Tripes is up. I just turned to you and I'm like, Joel, do you think that there's anybody else on the planet doing this very same thing at this very same moment? I sure moment? hope so. <laughs> what else are we fighting for? Should I go north or south? <laughs> to the ample... <laughs> Don't want to close my eyes. Uh. So awful. Listen to our Armageddon episode from yeah. uh, 4th of July 2015. <laughs> or when I read the fan fiction, the mini episode. Oh, I forgot about that. No, you can yes. skip over that part. So yeah, uh, a lot of similarities to the uh, Star Wars trilogy as evidenced or, or noticed by Jenna and also Sarah, it sounds like. Okay, one of the best parts of watching this movie next to Sarah is... Like, okay, so I was sitting be- between both ladies. Uh, and I, had, I I meant for Sarah to sit next to Jenna so that way, you know, they could at least kind of have like a little yeah. camaraderie, you know, maybe poke. Can you believe what the fuck these guys are watching? <laughs> um, but Sarah was sitting on the other side. So like Jenna's looking at you like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I look over at Sarah and she's got kind of the same reaction, but in her own internal way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where she's got her hands over her face. <laughs> like, yeah, Oh, there was a lot of that. What the fuck am I watching? Usually from the soundtrack, though. And yeah. I have to tell you, of all the things in this film, the soundtrack, I don't want to say it doesn't hold up. Because, well, okay, <laughs> obviously you disagree. <laughs> it's a, it's, a uh, it, it's, it's, it's of its time, right? Yeah. It is so unabashedly 80s. Yes. I mean, even for, the, even for the 80s, like yeah. fucking Molly Ringwald watched this movie and went, this movie's 80s <laughs> as much, fuck. Tone it down a little bit. <laughs> take, it, take it back a notch. Uh, see, I think that the perfect thing for this movie, when they release this on Blu-ray, I really hope that there's a soundtrack only feature. Ooh. Like they did with, I, I think the first time I ever experienced this was with Heavy Metal Two. Oh, where they released it was this animated sequel to Heavy Metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as good as the original. Never Heavy saw Metal. that one. It's not very good. Yeah, um, so I skipped it. But they have this feature where it's like just watch the movie with the soundtrack with the score playing in the background. I like that, which is really cool. You know, if you don't really want to get invested with the story, but you want some background noise or Did you do that with the Star Wars films. Uh, agreed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agreed. Uh, but I hope they do that with this 
because I fucking love the music in this movie. And you're not just talking about the 80s tracks. You're talking no, I'm about talking the... about the Vince DiCola score. Yeah. It, it, even though I'm pretty sure he recycled some of this stuff for Rocky IV. Well, yeah, that's the story, right? That <laughs> yeah. he wrote the uh, You Got the Touch. Yeah. That song was supposed to be in Sly Stallone's Cobra. Uh-huh. Is that right? Or yeah, is, or is it Dare? You... No, Dare. I think it was You. Dare to be all you. Yeah, maybe it's Dare. Or nothing's going to stand in our way. Nothing's going to stand in our way. Not tonight. Dude, I mean, just fucking every, every song. Like, once that cue starts, I'm like, oh, yeah. hell yes. But how much of that is repetition? Like, us having heard it so many times in our youth versus... This is a good quality song. With no, a catchy man. Riff. No. There's some catchy songs. There's some it, catchy fucking songs. Yeah. In fact, I'm cannibalizing the Transformers movie with this fucking Lone Ranger show. You're, you've heard it here and only here. Oh, what? But yeah, like I'm using some of the I, I tracks. Let, I let Jay uh, read my what I've been working on for the third act for this Lone Ranger show. Oh, no. Uh, okay. You guys have to promise to keep this a secret. Pinky swear. But um, in the third act of my show, mm-hmm. there's a train chase. Right. Where you know Lone Ranger's trying to save Tonto or whatever, and the train kind of gets away, <laughs> or whatever. And there's there's like another train. They're like, you know, there's no way the bad guys are going to get away. And all of a sudden, you hear this booming voice and go, it goes, I don't think so. And then like the lights go out, we hear the you got the touch music. No, and someone's going to come out on stage in like a robot, like the a transformer, like costume, <laughs> like Optimus Prime. And he's going to be called uh, Conductor. Oh, Conductor. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to be like, they're like, oh my gosh, it's a robot. And he's like, I am a robot, <laughs> but I'm also a train that turns into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> and they're like, wow. You're like, and, and they start talking about like, you know, you're like an alien. You're from like another dimension <laughs> new galaxy intergalactic and they go into intergalactic planetary and he so, does the dance like the robot so taking some the, liberties then taking with the, some uh, liberties with the lone ranger mythos hmm. this is the only place i'm going to reveal that but yeah third act i've just spoiled the show for you wow that's what's going Get to happen tickets now folks um all right so yeah this so obviously this has influenced me and the music has influenced me uh and i do think it's because just growing up there is i mean <laughs> 80s fucking music isn't for everybody. And there was like, yeah. we went through some weird time back then in the 80s where like all the like rock tunes were all about like overcoming. It was That's all true. about coming together, work together. We could overcome. Like if it wasn't a song about getting laid, it was about like fighting the man or coming together and pulling together Hanging to tough. achieve. Yeah. <laughs> Are you tough enough? Yeah, we're rough. <laughs> uh, what an awful, what an awful, awful song. No, but you're right. Yeah, so I, a lot of those songs are catchy. Um, they've got nice hooks, and if you can get past the sound, the '80s sound, and as much as I harp on '80s music, like I loved all that hairband stuff, dude. Yeah. Warrant, Bon Jovi, like that was those are my but, jams. But this was like, this was like tunes you never heard anywhere else. Oh yeah, and usually like st- with stuff like this, you just kind of dismiss it. Instruments of destruction, tools of foul play. Like, was... There's some good stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. What did you think it was? Did I say I it wrong? Tools of power play. Oh, I thought it was a foul the... play. Uh, either one does or doesn't work, whichever way you look at it. <laughs> and the lyrics are just there. <laughs> they don't, don't, they don't really matter. <laughs> you know, although watching it again, I tell you the song that stuck out as kind of like, oh, one of these things is doing their own thing. Yeah. The, I don't know what I want, I'm gonna take it. Blam, 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 no, blam, even blam, that one kind of has the same feel, and I dig that one. You're not gonna, you're not going with the uh, the Weird Al song. I am going with Dare to Be Stupid by Weird Al Yankovic. Well, the problem with the song is that 
it's called dare to be stupid but yes. all the examples that he gives this it's not it's not he's not stupid it's dare to be contrarian it's not dare a, to be different it's not a one-to-one relation to what's happening on screen it's just no. like oh we got the rights and we're like big with this crowd i guess uh-huh um and also it's like the, the, the lyrics were kind of taking me out of it yeah and then and then I've, i forgot at the end of that song when they're fighting the uh the uh junk junkticons they're called junkions junkions whatever Rekgar. Yeah, but, uh, you know what? The Mad Max Transformers. That's, <laughs> yes. that's what they that's are. Exactly the Fury Road are. Transformers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's that, his nipple guns. There's that kind of Ewok. Uh, <laughs> yes. Kind of dance where where we hear like the last thirty uh-huh. seconds of the song yeah. to the same like looped animation as they're celebrating. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I was like, oh yeah, this just doesn't feel. <laughs> it doesn't. And edit. You know what? That's, let's get to the next. That's scene. the problem with this. This movie is um, while it's fun and. Some of the animation is fucking amazing. Oh yeah. Um, we'll get yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But there definitely seems to be a disconnect in this movie between the second and third acts, where like mm. they didn't quite know how to wrap up the second act to seamlessly flow into the third. Yeah, it's very convenient. And holy shit, I for some reason never realized how cyclical and repetitive Galvatron's relationship with Unicron is. It's There's a lot of, I'm going to go destroy it. Oh, I destroyed it. No, you didn't. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to go back out and destroy it again. <laughs> hey, hey, I destroyed it. Oh, no, no, you still, didn't. <laughs> still, strike two. Strike uh, uh, two, Galvatron. So that that screams to me of like, ooh, we really needed to kind of flesh out this story a little bit more. There's, I think with two years of, tra- wasn't it? It was two seasons before we got this movie. Which is so surprising. It only, um, it, it was only on for, I feel like it had been around for so much longer. But maybe I just kind of caught it at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, because I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode of those original, uh, those well, first and two they, seasons. They anyway. repeated the hell yeah, out of those did. seasons. Well, too, I mean, like every school day it was on from like 3.30 to 4 yep. or whatever. Yeah. Five days a week. The block with, with G.I. Joe. 50 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'd always throw in like some other he Marvel. Man. It was usually He Man. Oh god, when I, I got... love me some fucking He Man. Yeah, I love He Man. Although when sandwiched between GI Joe and Transformers, it, it's like it doesn't stand up clearly. That inferior. <laughs> that filmation animation, the <laughs> yeah, rotoscoped like, animation. Everything's gonna stand still except my mouth is moving. Man, and 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 so now I think there's a good time to kind of yes to go into the Segway. animation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are moments in this movie that you could tell like. Big studio, like, master animators are working on this. Some of the designs. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, the very, like, there's some shots in the very beginning. But then at the same time, like, there is some cheap looking animation going on. The best example that I could point out to you is the fight between Megatron and Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. Like, several moments within just that fight that takes about two, three minutes, it goes from, like, really horrible looking animation, Mm -hmm. like, really bad design. So like slick and beautiful and just popping off the screen. That shot of Optimus as he's like transforming and he does that flip. He's upside down. Oh and my takes god! Takes out two yes. Decepticons before he lands, and it's like that's really well done. <laughs> yeah, they definitely prioritized their shots mm-hmm. and spent their money where they needed it to. And then there were somewhere just like, oh, we got a couple of characters standing and talking. We don't need it. Let's put our B team on that. Right? Uh, yeah. But um, one of the things that always drew me to the cartoon, and then this just kicked it up a notch in the film were the the transformations. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're so good at making it feel three-dimensional. It's one thing to like have a, a gooey cartoon character like we see nowadays in the Pixar stuff, or yes. even some of the 2D Disney stuff back well, in the 90s. I mean, you, you compare it to animation now, I mean, everything just kind of looks like a Flash animated video yeah. from the internet. Yeah, exactly. Very kind of flat. Um, and, and there were even a couple times this was telling that, uh, that Jenna was like, 
Like she was being very vocal about what she thought was funny and humorous, uh, but also what she thought was cool and, uh-huh. and what she thought was a ripoff. Um, and there were a couple of moments there, specifically some of the hot rod transformations, where she was like, "Oh, that was cool." Yeah. And when Unicron finally <laughs> yeah, reveals finally himself as a huge fucking robot, which yeah. blew my mind as a child. Yeah. I I love that whole sequence because we kind of see it from Galvatron's point of view as uh-huh. he's standing on him, and the earth. The, or I say the earth, but you know what he's Cybertron. standing on starts to move. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, oh just he's Unicron. standing on Unicron. Yeah, that's right. And it start and the arms come out and the fists, and it's just it's so it's. It's exactly what I kind of thought a large Transformer would look like because uh-huh. we've seen the little ones. And in the cartoon, in the cartoon, they always kind of, um, like, there would be one cool transformation yeah. in the cartoon, right? And everything else per was episode. just kind of like a, we just melded him into a car. Yeah, like, he this just robot kind of just... goes from standing up to, now he's leaning over, now, hey, he's a car, he's, he's a got car. wheels instead. <laughs> um, and they do that a couple times, they do it near the beginning. Where they they obscure? Oh, uh, uh, it's Ironhide. Is it Ironhide? Where I he, think yeah, so. he takes off to go to the shuttle. But <laughs> there's no time. <laughs> Prepare the shuttle for launch. Yeah, um, I yeah, love he, Laserbeak, uh, man. He's 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 running as a as a robot, and he goes behind a wall, and you <laughs> yes. hear this. And you just and see comes like out. the last bit of the and transformation. Like, Guys, this isn't live action. It's fucking animation. Spend yeah. the extra day or whatever it would have taken to do that animation. But uh-huh. but I but I get it. I I would not want to be the the person who had to two D animate that stuff. So when you think about that, and you see how each of these characters they have to be very intentional about how they they must have made models of them right ahead uh-huh. of time so they can yeah. kind of get an idea for the geometry. Or you mean toys? <laughs> because, because AKA, that's all this basically was you know, was a commercial to sell the the new okay. line of toys. I think that's a, that that is a and I was reading some reviews as I was preparing for this episode, and a lot of people say that oh, it's a ninety minute toy commercial, and this is a great time to do it because last week we did the wizard, yeah, and that we, literally marketing done horribly. That in a was film. a ninety minute Nintendo commercial, and it was like, so bad they weren't even trying to obscure it. But at least with this, I, I'm going. I agree that this is a 90 minute commercial. But it's a 90 minute commercial written by somebody who had like passion for the product. It was like, you know, we've built a mythos, we've built a world here, so we're going to build on that world. We're not just introducing new new products. Mm-hmm. We're building on the world, which is great. I think, but I think to some extent, especially nowadays, every film has those caveats. I mean, you know, if it's a big studio film, it's like, okay, we're going to make a Ghostbusters movie. We need to see Slimer again. We need to have a large Stape of Marshmallow Man type. Did you see that go- yet? I still haven't seen I still, it. We still haven't either. I'm, I'm hoping this week is our is the BOGO. Okay. We'll go see it. Yeah, let me know. But, uh, you know, so they have to be four of them. They have to have the ecto... All right, fine. Here's the beats. But then when you hand it to a creative team or, or, or script writer... They have to be able to take that and work it seamlessly so the audience doesn't sure. doesn't point to the seams and say, oh, yeah. oh, the only reason Slimer's in here is because X. Mm-hmm. So when you consider that I, th- this was the only priority that Hasbro had about yeah. making this film, it was like, well, we've, we've sold all the Transformers we can. We want to catapult it. Yeah, we we want to refresh the well. Mm-hmm. Let's, we let's wanna make sell it sure, some more stuff. We want to make sure it's a PG-rated film instead of a G-rated film uh-huh. so we can show it more times a day and, and not just during the day. Show it to, to evening audiences. That is the only reason that there's cursing in this the film. Sh- the shit. The shit and the damn. And, and the body count in this movie. Oh, oh God, Joe. What did that do to you when you when you were a kid and you saw uh, Cliff Jumper and Ironhide? Dude, what? Okay, so we're waiting there in the Alamo lobby last night for you guys to show up, and uh, this guy wearing an Optimus shirt shows up. 
I didn't know him from Adam. I'm wearing my Transformer shirt, so we're like, you know, we're like kindred spirits uh-huh. across a crowded room. Some enchanted evening. <laughs> and he comes over to me, and he's like, uh, are you ready to, what did he say? He's like, are you ready to have your, 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 your heart your torn out again? Your dick <laughs> Is that what he said? That was after the film in the parking lot. But before the film... No, it's like, are you ready to be... Oh, I think he said, are you ready to be traumatized again? Oh, my God. And I was like, well, hold on, because Jenna's there sitting next yeah. to me. It's like, she doesn't know, so spoiler alert. And he was like, oh, okay. But I knew exactly what he was talking yep. about. And, oh, my God, Joe. So, when you saw this for, in theaters for the first yeah, time? Yeah, I saw it in the theater with know, my buddy, What did you know about it? My friend Brian Ludlow uh, and his brother David and his dad, uh, you know, they, they, wanted to, they went to the movies, and that was just one of those times, you know... You go see movies with your your buddy and his parents or whatever, uh, and so we went to see Transformers. I didn't know what to expect. I just remember you like, hadn't heard anything. I hadn't really heard anything. And again, you know, the, I was probably what seven, eight years old mm-hmm. when this came out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just coming out of that stage where I thought every movie starred Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> and Princess Leia. Like s- seriously, uh, I was kind of an idiot. That's funny. Uh, and. So like all my first movie was Empire Strikes Back and then like Star wow. Wars and Return of the Jedi and I watched those all the times. I thought that was these people were in every movie. Those are movies. Um and so I thought I was going to see the same stuff that I saw on TV. Ah. So I was going to see Spike and his dad and I was going to see you know the Bumblebee. Transformers and it was going to be you know just all right I'm going to see the same old stuff that you, you don't as mm-hmm. a kid you don't think of anything else beyond. Right. So the fact that it opened up and it's like in the year 2005 I'm like whoa what, what? that's so long from now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I bet it's gonna look just like this in 2005 uh, uh, yeah yeah we're gonna have moon bases and everything <laughs> jazz moon base 2 <laughs> uh, why the fuck does Optimus make jazz call moon base 2 when he could fucking call them himself where he's like I, moon base 1 how you guys doing we're doing good okay moon base 2 yeah, you know. guys doing okay I don't understand a lot of the technology in this universe <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit uh, but at least they still use cassette tape <laughs> in their future of 2005 <laughs> Uh, all right, so we get in there and we're watching this movie, and like thing after thing is just like rocking my fucking brain. Yes. Like I'm watching these Transformers get shot up, and, ki- and I'm D- like, he's not dead, is he? He's dead. He's fucking dead. And then like Spike throws out a shit. Was, oh shit, what are we going to do? I was like, oh my God. And I told you guys in the theater last night <laughs> yeah. after we were done, like I sat there and I thought I was going to be in trouble because <laughs> I a dirty heard word. that word. Like I thought my buddy's father was going to yell at me for hearing it. And so I was just like worried for a little bit. And That's like, funny. I remember all of us were slack jawed. I think even his dad was like, huh? Yeah, not expecting that. And then when Optimus Prime fucking dies, <sighs> like that is that of all the things that happen in this movie that affect you. Oh, yeah. Optimus Prime dies. I remember here, there was a neighbor kid who had seen the movie before I did, but he was kind of known as a, as a habitual liar. And he told me like, yeah, dude, Optimus dies. And immediately I was like, no, <laughs> there's no way that this has happened. Yeah. First of all. He's fucking Optimus Prime. Like, you know, he's the hero of, That's of the Transformers. Transformers. There's no way they're going to kill this guy off. Uh-huh. Um, and then, but there were there were doubts in my mind creeping in. I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe it's possible that, that something happens to him, but it's going to be in the third act. It's going to be in, in, in some, you know, yeah. climactic battle. Dude, we don't get... 
20 minutes out of this film before they've killed, <laughs> killed Optimus. Not only him, but three quarters of the cast that we've been watching for the last two. Yeah. Could they ever do that nowadays? Could they ever do, like... I don't know. If they were to make a, uh, a Dora the Explorer, would they fucking <laughs> they kill, kill Dora? Kill Swiper and the monkey? And... No, dude, you killed Dora in like 10 minutes into the movie. That would be like the departed of cartoons. <laughs> I think like... what we watched last night was the departed <laughs> yeah, of cartoons. Right. But like, I could not believe... And not just like off-screen deaths, like... We are watching Autobots get shot in the chest. Like, remember in the cartoons, like, nobody ever really got hit. Yeah, they like, just, the bullets were, or the, the lasers <clears throat> would bounce off of walls. Always. And there was never any real danger. Uh-huh. And this one is so like, oh, wow, life is fragile. Like, this was, this was a life lesson. Well, I mean, Joel, like, two seconds into this movie, we watch Unicron completely ingest yeah, but a we planet with children on it. But we didn't know any like, of those robots. The- <laughs> it was just like, he's running around. <laughs> and we're like, uh, and he eats this planet. But I, I give you that. We don't know who they are. But By the still, way, they're children robots. Best cold opening to an animated yes. movie, dare I say, almost movie ever. Yeah. Like yeah. Just that. We just... No no credit boom, sequence. Boom, 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 boom. Well, you get that Sunbow Marvel thing real quick. Mm-hmm. It just goes... Boom. And then there's Unicron. With that plan. The fucking... Just the colors and the anime. There's something they used to do in 80s cartoons with Transformers and with G.I. Joe uh-huh. where they did that like prism effect... That light, you know what I'm talking about? It's where where the, the, like things that the are, energon cubes. Things glow. Like they do the light. Yeah, exactly. Glows. They don't fucking do that anymore. No. What well, was that? How did they make that effect? And I remember before this film came out, like they never did that in the cartoon. And I remember... They, they did it for the energon cubes, I thought. They did it for a little bit, but like everything that emits light, like even the, some of the auto, all the, the robot's eyes um, has that glow effect on it. And I, I just remember this being a v- very Joel, visual... optics. It's their optics. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I'll rip out your optics. <laughs> I don't think so, cocksucker. <laughs> be great if they just started cursing just in the middle. Cur- Michael Bay's two seconds. Oh, didn't he do that in one of his movies? What was the fucking Michael Bay Transformers movie where he's like, give me your face. And oh, Optimus God. Prime rips like Megatron's face off or something. That was the second one. Oh, yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah, Optimus uh, needs, needs some therapy. So weird. Although I guess you you get killed enough in your own cartoon. I did like that they got Leonard Nimoy to voice one of the robots Dude. in the third Transformers movie. Right, like Bring that it was all little, full circle. That was a nice little nod back. But speaking of this one, like pretty good uh, voice cast. Great voice cast. I mean, they brought back all the originals from the cartoon. You yeah. have Frank Welker doing like half of the cast. Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem, which is a weird <laughs> choice. Scatman Crothers. Scatman. Jazz the Moon Base too. <laughs> Every time I hear, like, I want Jazz the robot to show up at the uh, the Overlook Hotel to try to help Danny Torrance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry, Danny. <laughs> That's great. Matchup. I got the shining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so yeah, we got Leonard Nimoy. We got fucking Orson Welles yeah. in his final in his performance, final performance, which apparently he wasn't doing very very well in health. He died like two <laughs> months after recording. That's probably why most of his dialogue sounded like. Give me some leadership. It's very. Uh, I'm Ironside. <laughs> Ironside meets Mike, Ironhide. Michael Ironside. He was no. Remember that he was the uh, the lawyer in the in the. Because he was Perry Mason back in the day, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he? No, not who. Orson no, that Wells? was that was that was Orson Welles. Yeah, that was. Um, What's that guy's name? Oh, I, who played Perry Mason? I'll look it up. But then he played Ironside. Uh, my bad. Did he? Yeah, he played another lawyer that was in a wheelchair. It oh. doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Raymond Burr. Nothing. Raymond Burr. There yeah, you go. that's that's who it is. Um, but yeah, who else do we have? Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, uh, Judd uh, Nelson. Judd Nelson, who <laughs> I guess was writing higher from Breakfast Club. Some old casting and there. And St. Elmo's Fire. And then also... Um, uh, you can see everything from Lookout Mountain. <laughs> I'm 
everything everything is enunciated. <laughs> Daniel. I just, I just love that there's like the way they name shit. I'm sorry, I, I cut no, you off on your it. point. That's but fine. The fact that like <laughs> there's Lookout Mountain. Well, why would you look at anything other than at Lookout Mountain? Yeah, or right. The planet of junk. Well, guess yes. what they've got at that planet? Mm-hmm. It's a shit ton of junk. I like that. It, like it, it was. It's it's almost like. Even smaller in scope, and I don't generally criticize the original Star Wars trilogy this much, but <laughs> of course like, not. the fact that like every planet has just one climate. Yeah, it's the planet of water. <laughs> it's the planet of ice. The, the planet, planet of water. is one big city. <laughs> really? There's no... What a cop-out. No mountains or anything? It's anywhere? Like, it's the reverse of Super Mario Brothers the movie, where it's like Trees? all desert and then one city. All right. <laughs> one yes. place. Uh, yeah, no, so that's kind of, you get a little bit of that with this movie, but what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going through the cast. we got Robert Stack there from Unsolved Mysteries. That's, uh, the Untouchables. The, and also the old Untouchables. Untouchables show. And uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Eric Idle. Eric Idle. Which is weird. He's like first build. He's, yeah. In this film. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why, was, why is the fourth string guy not, from not Monty only Python? is he first build, but then the final credits... They do in order, in alphabetical order. Of appearance, yeah. No, not in appearance. Oh, it is alphabetical order. Yeah, it's alphabetical order, which is really fucking odd to me. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have, like, uh, Peter Cullen should have been your first, uh, vo- like, Peter well, Cullen. But he's not a name. Nobody knows who the fuck Peter Cullen also is. Also not in most of the film. That's why, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Touche. Um, but that's, I guess you look back and you think of, like, Disney's Aladdin. Was Robin Williams billed first? Mm. Because he's still, even though he's the genie, he's it's not as one. big a character. Probably I mean, not. Well, he, they, the movie's named fucking Aladdin. Right, right. He's not the titular role. Yeah, so you would think, okay, that guy needs to be billed first in the credits. Yeah, interesting. But I'm pretty sure Robin Williams is the first name you see. Yeah, well, that wouldn't surprise me. But It's part of, probably part of his contract, Okay, one would imagine. But that's what, I mean, you've, you've got to do that. You've got to play to your strengths as far as a production goes and you want to highlight that if you if you've got a talent then i guess you highlight that but yeah i i guess eric idle would have been one of my first build not the first i probably would have went with leonard nimoy first there you go because i feel like that speaks to the audience that's going to see this movie of course not just the kids but i'm sure there were like teenagers sci-fi fans back in 1986 that went to see this and they're like fucking spock man nimoy yeah interesting yeah no, I don't know. I, I, th- this was the first time I'd ever heard the name Eric Idle. I had to look up who he was after it because I guess not a not a huge Monty Python fan at the age of nine, nor should anybody be. What did you think as a age. kid and now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, about the new additions, the new characters? That okay, you were so to? so let's go back then because we were talking about how this is just like a shameless toy commercial. All right, I get it, but I don't think anybody. I don't think either one of us said it was no, a no, shameless toy no, commercial. No, but no, but some of the but reviews I've read okay. have said that it's just a ninety-minute toy commercial, and they only did it so they could you know get rid of some of the old cart- uh, characters and and build new ones for new toys. To which I say. Why does that? Why do you have to kill off half of the toy? Can't you just like make more? Yeah. Like, why do we need to stop making Optimus Prime so that we can make Galvatron? No, that flies in the face of capitalism. Like, yeah. no, just we don't need to replace. Just add two. Like, they haven't killed off Pikachu, even though they're adding more Pokemon. Right? You watch like, your mouth. Who does that nowadays? You watch your mouth. So I, I don't necessarily buy that premise that they killed off these characters just so they can make new toys. Now you can introduce new characters, and I get that, uh-huh. but they had to make room for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was done fairly successfully. I think that right off the bat, we're seeing the the new characters. Uh-huh. Um, it still feels like in the, the same universe. They do that thing that I always, it's always a pet peeve where they try to pretend that they've always been there. Like <laughs> yes. like Hot Rod and Optimus Prime go way back <laughs> and, and they're like, big buds. I don't remember and, seeing you before. <laughs> and, and Cup, the character of Cup is like 
you know, ancient. He's been around since the beginning of time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we why have we not heard of him in two seasons? Uh-huh. So uh, that always bugs me a little bit. But they did a good job. This did a better job than Batman versus Superman of introducing new characters and making you care about them. Make you care about them. Uh, I, from a visual standpoint, there's something that kind of bothered me about all the new characters that were introduced. They do feel a little they, sleeker. They're they're rounded out. More they're round, sleeker. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that they had had a few more like kind of bulky. Well, angular. Like, yeah. Well, think of the time, though. Like, you know, we're late 80s, right? Well, mid to late 80s. Um, and all the cars were going from being boxy, like you remember, to what, being a little more sleek, yeah, yeah. and an and oval shape, like the Corvettes, the, mm-hmm. the, the, what they went under. Remember the, when they redesigned the Mustang and everybody yes, hated it because yeah. it was angular or wasn't angular like before? Uh-huh. That's, that's what was going on here. Yeah. So I kind of forgive it. It felt futuristic at the time, and even the color scheme felt a little, um, a little brighter, a little yeah. poppier. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't really mind any of the, no. the new characters. I, I, well, I, I, <laughs> most of the new yeah, characters, we should say. yeah, and there. The Jar Jar Binks oh, yes. of this movie shows up within the, probably the end of the second act. Yeah. Um, Luckily, he doesn't get as much screen time. But as the Jar screen Jar time does. he gets is more than enough. That, like I, I told Jen, I was like, if you got to go to the restroom, this is the this time is to the go. This is the time to do it. The Grimlock meets Wheelie. Oh, the fucking Wheelie. boy robot who has a slingshot. The castaway boy robot. Yeah, that- who somehow is already an Autobot. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's like got the, the he's insignia. already got the insignia. Yeah, on him. he's from another planet and doesn't know any of the other Autobots. I'm not quite sure how that works out. This was something that he rhymes. It, well, speaks in rhyme. But and the thing is, he's not the only one. Perceptor does it. Uh, Blaster does. Yeah, there's like there's like two or three, and I don't know why they did that in the '80s cartoons because GI Joe had Roadblock who spoke in rhyme as oh, well. Um, and and it, it it's it bothered me. It bothers <laughs> Wheelie. And Blur bothered the hell Blur. out of me. I'm a huge, like, lifelong Grimlock fan. Grimlock's I cool. love Grimlock. Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking dinosaur. Why not? This time around, I was kind of annoyed. He gets a little too much screen time. Uh-huh. Like, he, he gets more lines in this film than he did in any of the cartoons, I recall. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't remember him being, like, the butt of jokes or, like, the, the, the comedic... Um, yeah, it's kind of throwing throwing down like the one liners. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Uh, my problem with Grimlock in this movie it's it's the same problem I have with Christian Bale in The Dark Knight. Mm. He speaks too much. The, he has yeah. too much dialogue. Yeah. Christian Bale doing that bad Batman voice. It isn't as bad in Batman Begins because he only speaks like twice. Good point. In that voice, in the fucking Dark Knight, he's do, like performing soliloquies and shit. In that Batman voice, yeah. and it fucking it grates. It it's horrible. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about Grimlock in this movie, mm-hmm. speaking in third person. Me, Grimlock, me, no Grimlock. one to hear about Petro Rabbit. Man, I, I get <laughs> all of this shit. I get, like, we're giving the names out so kids know. Uh-huh. Like, people know, who is this person? Right. What What he, is their name? What he, do they do? He's the big bird of this universe. Like, yeah. he's, he's the, the big kid that kids are kind of supposed to relate to. Um but not in the same way that relates to the human character. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the dumb one that has to have things explained to him. Uh-huh. I, I, I remember watching this movie a million times and never having a problem with him until this last time we watched it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, Grimlock. Me, Grimlock, somebody, say we on our someone, way. Oh, someone, shut <laughs> shut the fuck up. When he starts rhyming shut with Wheelie. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Ow, my just, nose. Just the fact that he doesn't fucking squash that little piece of shit the minute he sees him. Yeah. Like, that was my, that's actually my favorite part is when Grimlock 
beats Wheelie to the ground because he's on what slag? Is it slag? Oh, is the brontosaurus good memory? He's on, yeah. he's on his head and he hits him down. I'm like, yes, but then fucking Wheelie pulls out that fucking slingshot. I'm like, really? Yeah. You got your ass kicked by a slingshot? Yeah, he's the worst. God fucking damn the it. The voice is the worst. Him speaking in rhymes is the worst. Even the design. Yeah, he it, looks like a uh, he looks like an egg. I wonder, like an orange if, I wonder egg. if anybody ever bought a wheelie. I wonder if anybody was like, for Christmas, I want wheelie. I, I remember there being a lot of them on the shelves. Like, Oy. it was like that and Bumblebee. Like, everybody already had a Bumblebee and didn't want any more. <laughs> or when they changed him to Goldbug. Oh, I remember and that. Then, yeah, right after this movie, repackaged, they repackaged yeah. Bumblebee and made him Goldbug. That's right. And he wasn't quite as relatable or likable Mm-mm. after that. Uh, why did we need to put this movie in the future? I kind of dug that, man. Do you? Well, you know why? Because and and here's the thing that you know you want to talk about this film like be just building on a universe and expanding. Uh, they 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 talked a big game in the TV show. It was I was like, hey, we're from the planet Cybertron, and every now and then we get to see it in a flashback. You, or something. Yeah, you but see we like never shockwave there. on Cybertron. It was always the promise of oh, here's where we came from before, and we're trying to get back there someday. But right now we're stuck on Earth. We're in Earth vehicle mode, and we're talking to humans and trying to save them from the Decepticons. Which always got a big laugh out of Jenna, by the way. <laughs> yes. Don't get it? Because they're deceptive. The Decepticon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's a stupid name. Um, but that works on different like different levels. In fact, Decepticons is a better name for Transformers that hide their appearance yeah, they're cons. than Autobots. They're con men. Because yeah. they're Decepticons. Mm-hmm. Like, they're deceiving the the casual viewer. Like, you would think that's a car. It's not. It's this, you it's know? It's an Autobot. It's, it's <laughs> Autobot. <laughs> I do... I do love that. Like we, Sarah was like, "Okay, so the leader of the Autobots is a fucking eighteen wheeler, right?" Uh, and what we pointed out that the leader of the Decepticons is a gun. Is a gun <laughs> who has to be used by somebody. Else. He can't even. Yeah, like I would, just a one-on-one fight against them where they would transform to use their power, <laughs> and like just Megatron just fall. Oops. At least, at least Galvatron got the upgrade. Where now yes. he's on like a little tripod and can aim himself. That was nice. One of the things that always weirded me out about Optimus is like he's got that big eighteen-wheeler. Uh, um, the, oh yeah, the caboose. Yeah, the, yeah, whatever you call it. And then when he transforms, he just flies away. The tractor trailer just disappears. Just goes away. Yeah, and it's like. And then when he transforms back into a truck, it just kind of comes it's from just, screen left. Yes, it's like, where, the, where the fuck was that? Why isn't that a separate? <laughs> That'd be a good short film if it's like the caboose of, of uh, the, the trailer of uh, Optimus Prime that can also transform into his own robot, but he just, never gets to the limelight. It just goes off on its own adventure. He's like, well, you guys call me when this battle's over or when you need to get away quickly and I'll be there. I'll be here to carry your stuff. <laughs> exactly. He's just roadie. They call him roadie. Which leads me to uh, a big issue I've always had with the Transformers in general, both the cartoon, but it's, it's especially apparent in this film. Uh, a physics, Joe. <laughs> And uh, size. Uh-huh. And so, again, you said, you know, Megatron turns into a gun, can be used by other people. Yeah. He shrinks when he transforms. Yes, he, he sure goes does. from being a full-size robot. Uh, one of that's the, bigger than a human. W- yes, yeah. one of the larger uh, uh, Decepticons. Uh-huh. And then he transforms, and Starscream is able to use him. So he's he's gone about a quarter, one, qu- one quarter portion <laughs> of his size. Um and then the same thing uh, with uh, what's what's the triple changer, the Decepticon that turns into the space shuttle, Astro Train. Astro Train. Okay. So they're okay, get, here they're, we go. They're, get, they're getting away after the big battle. A rich Decepticons retreat, right? Uh huh. 
Astrotrain, transform. So he does and is able to fit the entire Decepticon <laughs> army in his not, person. Not only is he able to fit everybody in his person, Devastator completely forms oh inside God, of yes, him. Yes, the Constructicon <laughs> all form and are able to stand up inside. Yeah, so it's like, what, why is this never explained? And if, and if you guys have the, the, the ability, the, uh, the technology to uh-huh. grow and shrink in size, yeah. fuck transforming into a hot rod. I, I know, right? Like, Use this technology Trans- to conquer the universe. Exactly. Uh, I'm glad that you brought up Astro Train because that brings it's one of my criticisms of this movie. Mm-hmm. They're flying back to Cybertron, uh, so that way, you know, whatever, they're retreating from the battle. And Astro Train's like, I'm carrying too much weight. We gotta you're in fucking <laughs> space. space. There's no gravity here. <laughs> and he's like, You've gotta drop weight or else we'll never make it. It's convenient. <laughs> okay, like, I, sure. I never really caught on to that until Maybe now. He's uh, anticipating Cybertron having a larger <laughs> gravity pull and he's whatever. But uh, you know what they do have in space though, Joe? Vacuums. Yes, they do. But that's not present here in this universe. Well, They're just able to open the door and uh, drop Megatron out the side without being sucked out. I, I see, and I'm willing I'm willing to go along with that. Force field? Because, well, not just, no, not force field. They're giant metal fucking robot beings. Okay. So I kind of feel like the pressure of space probably isn't going to affect them too much. What I'm curious about is why doesn't Starscream just transform into a fucking plane and fly through space yeah. on his own? Why do they all need to be inside? They don't, they don't all need to be inside Astro Train. <laughs> they all fly anyway. Like, that's a characteristic I of know. the Decepticons. That always bugged that me. They're able to fly. Autobots can't, except like, except for Skyfire. Why was that? Did they ever explain that? It was just... You know what it was? Was it a moral thing? Like, I, we're no, too no, no, good no. to fly. We're I, Autobots. I think what it comes down to, I don't know if it was ever explained, but I think thematically, it's Superman's kryptonite. Yeah. Like, if the Autobots could fly, mm-hmm. they'd be unstoppable. They'd be, you know, they'd, they, they, you, you wouldn't be able to take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like how, like, the Decepticons, most of the time were, like, instruments of war. Instruments like, of, of destruction. destruction. They were instruments of destruction. If you think about all the things that they transformed into, right. they were always these, like, war machines. Yep. Things that, that that couldn't really sneak into just regular society. Yeah. They had a special place they had to be, while the Autobots could hide in plain sight because they were able to be all these different vehicles and cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually they transformed into stuff that brought people together or, you know, did good works, trans- transported people from place to place yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so there was always kind of a, a weird thematic uh, reason for what yeah, like the Autobots that. were and what the Decepticons were. And honestly, I just think the they can't fly was, okay, we need to limit them somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is how we limit them. But yet, yet the Dinobots seem the to di- be Dinobots fly. do fly. The Dinobots do fly. <laughs> Which totally flies well, you in the remember, face, no pun Do you intended. remember the episodes? The, it was like, I think, a two or three parter. Where they discovered them. Where they discovered the Decepticons. I do. Or they discovered the, 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 Dinobots, the Dinobots. And it, it turned into like a whole, like, who's going to get to them first? The yeah. Decepticons or the Autobots? Because they were on nobody's side. And in fact, at first, the, the Dinobots were working with That's the right. Decepticons. That's right. Uh, I like that. I like that Transformers and G.I. Joe did that Dude, a few times. It's a great cartoon, man. Mm-hmm. It, it was inventive in the storytelling, inventive in the in the toy design the character design uh, the voice acting was always really good but I do think that it, it gets limited in this movie I think uh, we've given it we've given a few things a little too much of a pass um, and that's where I'm going to bring up 
Unicron. Oh. We've got this villain, this uh. looming villain that, that stands over this entire story, and we don't get any real backstory on him. Yeah. What is his his beef with the Matrix of Leadership? What's his beef with the Autobots? Yeah. What's his beef with Optimus Prime? I don't even really think it's op- it's Optimus himself. It's the, it's the Matrix of Leadership. It's, it's I think it's the one threat that he has, and he knows in the universe that can that can destroy him and in fact in the end does uh, and somehow he knows this I kind of lo- like that mystery a little bit I like the fact that he just shows up out of fucking nowhere this uh-huh. entire planet okay um, I would have liked to have learned I mean I don't mind him showing up out of nowhere but I would have liked to have in the process mm-hmm. have like learned like our heroes because he- honestly you go through this entire movie and the Autobots don't know dick about Unicron until nope. like the end of the second act yeah Really, uh, you know, I mean, the ones that were on the moon bases know about him, uh, but it's well. not until like the end when they find out what really happened. Like, oh, it's this Unicron thing. I think it probably would have been a little bit better in this movie had they known, like, even have a moment where like the Decepticons and the Autobots have to kind of pool their resources. I, and, like, we need to fight against. Him. I thought they were going to do that, much like and um, Galvatron even builds it up. He's he, like, okay, you know, that last, we're yeah, allies. We, we have a common foe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my. Fr- I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump to another film right now. Uh, sure. uh, the Rocketeer. Did you hear they're doing a remake of the Rocketeer? Yes. Uh, I think they were saying like uh, African American woman playing. Oh, really? The Rocketeer. Of course. I think that'd be great, though. I think that's awesome for the time. You know what? Now, now it's just becoming. But obvious. I'm just talking about like for the time frame of the Rocketeer when mm-hmm. it takes place. I think that could be really interesting. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm in. I love the Rocketeer. We should uh-huh. do the Rocketeer oh, on God, this yes. move on this. Oh podcast love that movie so much but uh near the end without giving too much away but we're fighting the nazis the entire time right Mm -hmm. um but the mob is also involved and you think the mob is the bad guys but then it turns out that the good guy oh you got it right there like the artist edition nice yeah and 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 so there's that moment when the good guys and the mob are both fighting the nazis and there's even a a shot where the the main mob guy and one of the yeah. CIA guys, Paul Sorvino. That's exactly yes. who it is, and they're 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 firing at the Nazis, and they kind of look at each other like, "Oh, well, weird that we're on the same side." Yes, now. I would have liked to have seen that out of the. It would have been great out of that big climax, and, and because I come from the era where you know we grew up, we had the Tom and Jerry cartoon, mm-hmm. and there were always those like unique times every once in a while when Tom and Jerry were like working together, mm-hmm. they teamed up to do something. I kind of dug those cartoons because it turned the formula on its ear a little bit. Yeah. It gave us something new, fresh story-wise and I you know as a kid I didn't think of it in that respect but I was always kind of a little more excited when I got to see an episode like that and I know now it's because it was something new it was something that went against the formula Hmm. Uh, and I think that would have been something that we could have explored with this that you know it's something that's going against the formula we're not seeing you know this this new this new villain even though it's still Megatron inside it's now Galvatron Mm -hmm. Um, and and it would be nice to see him maybe have a f- some more layers you know uh, I don't know I, I it's it seemed a little too it, it wrapped itself up too neatly yeah, it, it, ultimately it's still a kids show and like, there does I have don't, to, I don't disagree with that you're absolutely right not a lot of room for gray area but I can't come at it from a kid's point of view now yeah, true. you know I, I'm we, we I think there's enough I think there's an, I think there's enough double crossing going on like when you're just going from dealing with one good guy and one bad guy, you know, good side and the light, or the dark and the light, and now all of a sudden there's like, oh, well, but there's a new bad guy. Uh-huh. Uh, but so how do him and and the other, the old bad guy get along? Well, they're both trying to double cross each other. Yeah. You know, Galvatron at the first 
opportunity, tries to use the Matrix against him. Uh, there's enough layers there for a nine-year-old Joel. Sure. I don't mind that too much. Before we move on too much, uh, we were talking about like the newer characters and what we thought yeah. of them, so we both hate Wheelie. Uh, Blur, hate Wheelie. the Micro Machines man. Not a fan. Not a fan of him. Nope. He, again, he's there for, for comedic um, relief. Uh, what about uh, what about Ultra Magnus? What about Springer? The th- here's the weird thing about Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus was a, a, a character. He was a toy before this before movie the film? came out. Oh, yeah. interesting. I, I'm pretty sure. The I, manufacturers I, just not, not get the timing I, right? I guess not. Came off the conveyor belt I mean, I, rem- I remember playing around with my buddy. He had an Ultra Magnus, and I was like, who is this? It's huh. Ultra Magnus. And, I, you know, I just I don't think he was ever in the cartoon until this point. But I think they produced him as a toy. Huh. Um, His name sounds like a condom, by the way. I know, it does. <laughs> I'm going to give me a pack of the Ultra Magnus. I feel like Springer is not effectively fleshed out. I yeah, he was always the least. I, I liked his design. I liked that he was kind of green. He was and a triple changer. Turned too. into a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, cool. But his uh, voice didn't didn't his both his metaphorical and his literal voice did not stand out. In he's this film. It, the thing is written when you pay attention, and I never really took the time to you know really pay attention to what he's saying, what mm. this character is doing because he is he's very forgettable. But if you were to if you're really paying attention to his dialogue. He's totally like the Han Solo of this movie. There's kind of a love triangle between him and RC and Hot Rod that's alluded to. And he's always like, he's kind of got this dry wit. Mm -hmm, Like his mm -hmm. sense, when he's, he throws little one-liners out that you're like, oh, oh, okay. So he's kind of like the... Yeah. The smarmy guy, you know, snarky guy. Did we really have to detonate three quarters of the ship? <laughs> I was like, well, seeing as how they would have detonated four, four quarters, quarters of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. There's like some love lines in there. Totally like a Han Solo guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's not fleshed out enough. You really should have given some some recognizable name or some recognizable yeah. voice, that character to play with a that little bit That was the only character that I thought like, oh, he's here simply to sell toys. Everybody else at least kind of had some motivation and mm. a reason to be there. Uh, maybe not so much RC, no. other than to placate the female Transformers fans, dude. of which I'm sure there were many. Clearly written, yeah, f- by a dude, like yeah. a dude trying to write for a woman in this role. <laughs> I know. Well, first of all, she's pink, which <sighs> perturbed both Jenna and Sarah. Yeah, like, you know, pink because girls, right? <laughs> she's got the 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 Leia buns, the Leia buns <laughs> on the side of her head. That's right. And then she's either uh, a nagging shrew, or uh, she, well, I. I thought you were supposed to come down. She's like giving hot rod shit at the beginning. Oh, like, yeah. why weren't you here at the uh, station? I wasn't afraid. Yeah. You clearly didn't understand Stand the situation. This? Exactly. Um, or or she's being rescued later on by, yeah. by Springer, but she never really kind of has that Ripley moment from no, aliens. No, and she should have. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's she's Get away kind of... from her, you bitch. <laughs> that that would have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot rod. So... I love the design of the character. I like the that initial they were, design that they were setting him up. I, I, I love the way he's animated. Yeah, um, he's kind of a badass. But Judd Nelson, <laughs> Judd, even though I was a nine year old, I had no idea who Judd Nelson was. I knew this guy was a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> this, this guy bugs me. I didn't. Hmm. I didn't have a problem with Judd Nelson voicing him. Okay, I'm. I have a problem with the overall character arc. Oh, I don't think he should have been the leader you don't think he earned it i don't well I, he didn't he does not earn it <laughs> not he doesn't really. earn his leadership he catches the matrix as it's falling to the ground yeah. and i guess that's the role well first hot potato i think that this movie could have been a perfect opportunity for him to prove his metal yeah uh i think he could have been that new transformer that we identify with mm-hmm but does not have to be the new leader of the Transformers. Hmm, the new Bumblebee. The new Bumblebee. Well, not even the new Bumblebee, but someone that's a little bit more effective. Like, okay, let me put it like this. Okay. X-Men. 
if you look at the X-Men, the comic book X-Men, the cartoon X-Men, maybe not so much the movie X-Men. Okay. Uh, but, like, you had your leader. You have Cyclops. Wolverine's never really the leader. No. But he's a great character yeah. that you could do a lot with. He's got so many layers, and there's there's so many fun things you could do with him. That's kind of what Hot Rod could have been. A little more of a bad boy. A little more, yeah, a little more of a bad boy that, you know, maybe... I mean, we already play off at the beginning that he's kind of a hothead, yep. you know, a hot rod, hothead. Uh, he kind of does his own thing. And yep. maybe the course of this movie, and in a way, it could also be a lesson for kids, is to kind of, well, you know, stop being so headstrong and start thinking about other people I, before you think about I yourself. I thought they were going to do a little more with it because he essentially is the is responsible for getting Optimus killed. Yes. Like he was doing just fine. He had the gun pointed at Megatron. Megatron's like, no, truce or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's going for the gun. And then Hot Rod sees what he's doing, has to jump in there. If he didn't intervene, that... Megatron would have reached for the gun. Optimus would have pulled the trigger. It would have ended like every other episode of Transformers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Retreats! But we open up the movie with Hot Rod and Danny together to build this like relationship. Mm-hmm. And then they don't spend any time with one another. That was a weird thing, too. Again, for like the rest of the movie. I forgot that they got separated and he goes on the ship with Springer and RC yeah. and Ultra Magnus. So, Which, by the way, like... <laughs> Does he even need to be... Uh, okay, so if Wheelie is the most annoying character, we can both agree that. Daniel's a close second, Daniel's in my a opinion. Close ah, second. Help me. Who decided to bring a human child <laughs> into this intergalactic space war with robots? Yeah. Like, well, because no, he leave has a stake. Because his father, they all believe, is, gone, is dead now. Yeah, mm-hmm. Which is one of my favorite things. The that, like, the beast. They're like, okay, we need a guy. And he's like, my dad. And it's almost like they're like... Yeah, sure, whatever, kid. We, like, they're so <laughs> heartless things. towards him. Well, and they should be, because he, all he does is slow them down, and they have to kind of babysit him, He's literally. always the one that falls. They're running yeah, away from something, yeah. and he oh, falls. Gotta go back and get the fucking kid, or <laughs> next time we see Spike, he's gonna give a shit. That would, well, that would they suck may if not, he died. They may not have seen Spike. Yeah, but if they survive, like, is Daniel okay? Well, about that. <laughs> You know, there's a planet of junk, like just entirely made up of junk. Yeah, some of that junk is now parts of your <laughs> So uh, let's talk about this the spike moment because we want. I want to. Oh, that is fun. We can go we back. We all to laughed tra- at that traumatic moments in this movie. Fucking Danny shows up and they're like in the belly of Unicron. So I'm going to back up again and shut this up because at this point in the movie, a nine-year-old Joel is sitting in the audience. We're we're an hour into this film. We've already seen all of our favorite characters fucking get shot. There's that one shot of Megatron like when when they attack the ship and he's like, no, he's on the ground reaching for him. Such heroic nonsense. You see it from his point of view and the blast. You could just imagine what it did to his head. Fucking point blank range. So all of our favorite characters are now dead and gone and we see them die gruesome. Uh, the, the, the ambulance, like we see smoke billowing out of his mouth. Oh, and yeah. his eye, he's like melting from the inside. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, well, Jazz uh, gets sucked into Unicron, right? Yeah, yeah. But Jazz is one of the people that gets rescued. He, he does at the, the end, end, but at that point, we think he's dead. And then, of course, Optimus. We've seen him just get pummeled we by see, Megatron. Ultra Magnus gets fucking blown up. <laughs> he gets blown the fuck up, Joel. And that one, and, and I was reading apparently, like in the script, it's even more like that was the toned down version. Wow! But still, there's that one shot that they cut away from quickly, but not not before you see his head. Yeah, his head fucking flies off from his body. So okay, before you move on with this, Uh um, where's where's Optimus? Is Optimus like on? He's on one of their ships, right? What do you mean? Where at the beginning? The body of Optimus Prime. I've I've thought they left him on Autobot City and they're on Earth. Did they? I mean, like that's where he dies. He turns all gray and then. All right, I thought they were on a ship when that happened. 
And no, so that was... my thought for years now, for thirty oh, years, no. my thought has been like, why the fuck? Like they these junk these junkticons or whatever the fuck they're called, <laughs> just put Ultra Magnus back together. Why don't yeah, you go, let's get Optimus. go grab Optimus? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got him in the you, trunk. By the way, hey, Can we, we got another guy. Some of your special glue. Uh, he turned gray. Yeah. <laughs> um, nobody else is doing that, but know, he right? did. Can you fucking? Because well, he had the Star Scream did though too. The Matrix of Leadership. Oh God, that's another one. Yeah. Star Scream. Not only uh, yeah, we see him disintegrated and just turned to ash, which beautifully animated was though. a really great sequence. Yeah, too. beautifully and, animated. And that, that's what you wanted the entire time in the first two seasons. Yes. Just, just like somebody shut him the fuck up. Yes. Megatron. That's the voice of Cobra Commander. That's right. Um, that's right. All right. So, so now we're an hour in. We've seen all of our our, our characters be killed, our beloved uh, Transformers, and uh, and now we are um, we're we're worrying about some human peril because we're in the belly <laughs> oh of the beast. God. We're in Unicron, oh and we're seeing what happens. Well, I, man, I cannot talk enough about the way that Unicron is designed. Yeah, but I love that we get to see we kind of see his brain at some point. Uh-huh. A bunch of TVs. Yeah, um, and then so I guess we're you in talk his, TV. I talk TV. <laughs> Film at eleven. Here's uh, the news. It's <laughs> <laughs> my cup. That's <laughs> pretty good. Um, but he. Uh, so so yeah, we're kind of in the stomach now of Unicron, and we're uh-huh. seeing this big conve- not a conveyor belt, a big like pulley system. Yeah, that's like dropping like somebody's dry cleaning. <laughs> Just exactly what it is. It's like in, in Beetlejuice. Yes, so those guys that were on that's the, right. the flattened out people. Um, and so they're they're one by one just being dropped into a vat of, of acid. And we oh know it's acid gosh. because there's an excruciatingly long shot of like two were they Autobots we're supposed to recognize or just kind I, I of generic know. robots? I, I I think they're just generic but robots. We see them dropped in this vat and then like for like ten seconds just melting away and yes. screaming in agony. Oh I'm my like, god. This is too much, folks. Uh-huh. So that's what that's what our heroes are up against. So now little Daniel in his exosuit, who he's just now figured out how to use, that can transform, but he's still he's still still early on. Uh, and we see there's Spike, Spike and Bumblebee and Jazz. They're suspended from that wire, and they're coming ever closer it's to horrific. the vat. It's um, horrific. And uh, like, Dad, Spike, or no, his Daniel, Daniel. Use your exosuit. I don't know how. He's like, just push a button. There's the guns on your... Close the... What does he say? Close the hatch to the lava. (laughs) Yes. And Danny's like... He pulls it. He's like, I found it. And then we cut to Spike. And he's like... Do it! <laughs> like, just, hurry! Just go Shia LaBeouf on him. He does. It's like, Do it! Hurry the fuck up! Don't think about it. Stop ticking around! <laughs> this is hilarious. Like, he screams. Like, it's the fr- I think that was probably one of the first times I'd seen a grown man, in animated terror. or otherwise, yeah. In, yeah, in stark fucking terror. That's one of those things that child psychologists always say. It's like the, the most... Uh, unsure feeling that a child can have is to see their role models, see their, their heroes, their parents... Act in fear, yeah. And when they, when that parent isn't the, isn't the steady rock, then you know everything's uh, it's open season. Yeah. It's game on, it's rabbit, um, rabbit season. And so that's kind of how I felt watching Spike, who we've seen as a child uh, in in the the series. Yeah, like, hurry, <laughs> just just save my life. Uh, but Danny does it. He, he does. Close, it. He closes one of the one of the. He doors. does close one of the doors, and they always show like this behind the back shot of like. Spike and Bumblebee and like we're okay. You and did it. And it's like oh, I got it. But I've always imagined like <laughs> behind them that the Unicron is still dropping robots and Ow! they're still falling in. <laughs> He's like, wait, close the other hatch. <laughs> can, we, can we close it? the other side? So Spike's in an exosuit though, right? Yeah. Why, why couldn't, couldn't he, he use this? his? Yeah. Why couldn't he have used his gun? That's a good point. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Um. 
God, I'll never know. Is, was there is there anything else? <sighs> any other notes about this movie? I could talk forever about this. I film. could too, and I think we've probably talked. Wait, we've probably done like an hour and a half already. We're at an hour and fifteen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I, so ultimately, are you like? Are you fulfilled with this movie? Are you satisfied with it? Like last night, is is Joel satisfied with it? Just like, well, maybe not just like he was when he was seven, eight years old. I I recognize the campiness of it. I recognize the the '80s soundtrack that is that is of its time. Love it or hate it. Uh, I recognize that some of the one liners are, are are written for kids, you know. And there's some, yeah. there's some dad jokes in there. Some groaners. Fine, I get it. Um, but on the flip side of that coin is some gorgeous animation, a story that just like. Plows along, uh-huh. uh, new characters, new worlds, man. This, this just—you talked about like why is it set in space and why are we twenty years in the future? I think that's the best thing this film could have done. If they would have just taken the lazy route and made a ninety-minute version of the cartoon that we already knew, uh-huh. like that's what I was expecting. And then to get this, it's like, oh, it's it's so much more than I could have ever imagined. And then just the scope, the scale that we're in space now. There's other planets. There's other races of, of robots. And we have an entire planet that is a robot that, yeah. that can eat other planets. Yeah. I, the, the imagination on display in this film uh, fun. Is, is still uh, still still um, exciting to watch. Yeah. Even at this age, uh, 30 I, years later. I feel like this is, this is great sci-fi. This yeah. is, I mean, you go into this movie and you have a great time. Uh, if you're able to kind of, if you're able to shelve like the, the like you said, the cheesy 80s rock tunes, mm-hmm. like if you're able to stomach that, then I think you're in for a fun ride with this. Um, I, I think, I still think though, for for what it is, I think that the story kind of wraps itself up a little too neatly. Sure. I, I, I would like a, like more of kind of a lead in, especially to, again, between acts two and three, like that, that moment between act two and three, we get that like, you know, the dare to be stupid, you know, we come back to it. Right. And then just like black and then to Unicron and Galvatron. Yeah. And it's, Apparently there's uh, some missing scenes here uh, yeah. and they had to kind of edit to, to keep the flow. Uh, there's some, yeah, there, mm-hmm. there's a, there's an original version of the script that uh, was even more brutal, if you can imagine oh, wow. that. Wow! Um, so they had to kind of cut some stuff up. But this was a lean hour twenty four. Yeah, it's and and it's it's so fun. It yeah. really is so fun. It makes you laugh. It, uh-huh. it gets you excited. It makes you cry. To the scene, the optimist scene of where he dies, and uh-huh. that, that music is forever. The little piano part, yeah. Which they don't. I, I, you don't get the full music cue unless you have the soundtrack. Like the full track is pretty powerful. It's pretty good for a synthesizer soundtrack. Better than it had to be. Yeah, it is. And and you know what? I think that's that's a great way to put it. That's if you were to just put it in one sentence. How is Transformers the movie from 1986 better than it had to be? What did the Transformers colon the movie 1986? Do right. Um, I mean, you pretty much just like sure, it up. but but if I but if I, I, I want to get down to one thing, it's 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 the animation, and this is something that I don't think has been replicated. Well, we're away from two D animation, right? Yeah. So it's easy to make three D transformers now because you are actually, they're like Legos in three D space, right? You're building yes. them the computer, so when you want to fold things in, and I know you have to cheat a little bit. There's a whole thing an ILM had to do to get their transformers. Th- their transformers are way too busy, though. I yeah. Think. There's millions of parts I mean, even moving. While, even when they're just standing there talking, you still see like little yeah. things turning. It's stuff. much more fun to kind of see the simplicity of oh, his the wheels were on his elbows and yep. his arms tuck into the chassis, and now this the hood comes over his head. Uh-huh. Seeing and having to having to animate that in two D. Uh, I thought it was amazing in the cartoon, and then to do it in the film, they just kicked it up a notch. And then, like I said, having that that scene where Unicron transforms, there is some crazy uh, 
uh, uh, mathematics going on. Like, uh, I'm sure several people went insane. Some yeah. of the animators <laughs> having to do some of the things that they had to animate the old traditional style. So yeah. it's an impressive piece of 2D animation even today. This is true. Uh, there's there are some images in this movie that still stick with me. Stuck with me after watching it the first time. One of them, and it's something that Lauren brought up. Yeah. Uh, it's this image of Unicron, and he's the giant robot at this point, and he's standing oh, yes. over Cybertron, Cybertron, and his arm just like rakes down, like he just whips that arm down over Cybertron and just starts to kind of like rake it over the surface. Mm-hmm. That image is horrifying yeah. and beautiful at the same time. The scale of it's it. It's so great. Like If there was ever a shot where, you know how artists will do like their own little rendition of scenes from movies or mm-hmm, something like that, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of thing that like I would love to see at like a whole gallery of just different artists doing their take on that <laughs> shot. That's cool. Uh, it's the imagery. It's, uh, and especially with an animated movie, you have to do previs. And how are we going to tell the story? We need to storyboard this. How is this going to work out? Uh, and you could tell that there was a, a meticulous level of work that went into storyboarding this oh, yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. And it pays off. It pay, it's it's gorgeous. Well, haven't you talked about the quintessons, the, yeah. the face-changing... Oh, innocent. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. That's where I think some of the character designs got a little wacky. Oh, but I like... Yeah, you're right, because... But again, it felt alien, right? Yeah, it, felt like a it new, sure did. It the was Sharktacons. It was different. The quintessons. I have that. nothing but contempt for this court. <laughs> My favorite line. <laughs> uh, what did... So I've got to agree with you. I think okay. the, the imagery, the, the animation on this this thing the fucking soundtrack you yeah. know what if i'm gonna pick something that you didn't there you go the fucking soundtrack to this movie this spoke volumes to me i love it uh and and again i've got it in my car it pumps me the fuck up <laughs> uh I, I i think that the marriage of the animation with the soundtrack in this movie you know we we say the the word time capsule it's mm. two words joe uh but we say it <laughs> Over and over and over again that, oh, this movie's a time capsule. This movie's a time capsule. This is a fucking time capsule. Uh, and it reflects what was going on in 1986. Mm-hmm. What people, like eight-year-olds to eight to fi- 18, what they were into, like nerds, sci-fi fans, what they were digging. Yeah, that's a good point. This is what it is. That's a good point. Um, it's a perfect snapshot of that. Interesting. I uh, like that. All right, so what did Transformers do wrong? Wheelie. Wheelie is a horrible <laughs> design, is a horrible character. He doesn't need... He's, he's the few... One of the few characters who literally could be written out of the script. He, he serves no purpose other than to show the Dinobots where Hot Rod and Cup are being uh, uh, held captive. That's reducing the effectiveness of the Dinobots. Yeah, kind of, right? Yeah, that yeah. they couldn't figure it out on their own. Uh-huh. Well, they probably couldn't have. <laughs> uh, they talk like cavemen, for Christ's sake. So. They're, they're, they're not very bright. Me, Grimlock, dumb as brick. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, that was the only time in this film I felt like I was being marketed to. Yeah. Like, oh, they've designed a new toy they want to sell, and here he is. Um. I can't help but agree with you on okay, that. Okay, there you go. Uh, but I also feel like what this movie did wrong was taking Optimus Prime out so quickly. Yeah. This is clearly a story that you could have revolved around Prime. Yeah. It would have been great to have like, you know, th- this whole thing happen and then have Prime find out about Unicron and then we could satisfy one of my other griefs, which was not getting a real backstory on Unicron. Mm. And we could have ah. had like a... You know, it's an ancient evil. It is real. Like, Optimus talking about that. And that, like, Optimus falls fighting against Unicron. That would have been more powerful. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I always thought it was... It was. It, it upset me from a... Uh, from a um, uh, what am I trying to say? From a karmic standpoint yeah. that 
Megatron gets to be reborn with a whole new body and stick around and still do evil things, and uh-huh. it's like, but Optimus. But Optimus is gone. Doesn't. And he in gets his to be place, the Obi Wan voice. In his place is a fucking sick ass looking hot rod like station that wagon. turns into a fucking family van. <laughs> exactly. Like for real. But he still got those metal pipes along the side. <laughs> and the, uh, the paint job's pretty rad. Is there dude. some kind of like? Is there something written that I like if you're it. the leader of the Autobots, you have to have like fucking cargo space? <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. so weird. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like that was the most. Even when I was a seven, eight year old, I was like, "Wow, you just castrated that car! Like that was a sweet looking car." I wanted to buy the toy until you yeah, did that to him. Until you turned him into a family van. Yeah. All right. So if we were going to remake, oh yeah, Transformers the movie now, mm-hmm. the animated style, uh, what would we do with that? So I've got uh, I've got about ten here. It looks like so I just did kind of the main characters that we see throughout the film. I didn't do some of the. I certainly didn't do the ones that get killed off early. Uh, but uh, I have like thirteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, you want a ping pong on this then? Or yeah. Do you have a yeah, theme well, going. Well, on? No, I don't have a theme going. All right. On. Well, I did Blur, who's okay. voiced by the Micro Machines guy in this film. Uh, my version of that is going to be uh, Jeff Goldblum. So he'll still be talking fast and inaudibly. But he'll stutter. He'll a little bit, uh, excuse me, we gotta, 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 gotta get the Dinobots. Gotta get the Dinobots on there. Can't get the Dinobots on there without a move. That's pretty good. Uh, I went with Bill Hader. <gasps> oh, that's great! I think Bill, and the thing is, I'm still going with like a fast talker. Uh huh. Um, oh, but like yeah, I, I like Bill Hader's yeah, voice work. That's funny. Okay. What about Springer? Uh, I did cast Springer. Yeah, triple changer helicopter. Uh, I went with Nathan Fillion because, like I said, I felt like he was kind of a Han Solo type that wasn't getting the right delivery, the right direction. Interesting you should say that because I went with Mark Hamill. Nice. Uh, just because he does some nice voice work and he can be kind of a, a an everyman. Okay. Who do you have next? Uh, let's do RC. As okay. Long as we're talking the third string. Uh, so in, in this film, she kind of has like a raspy voice. Um, and I want to hear uh, Scarlett Johansson. Be my RC. You can talk to me any day. I went with Jennifer Lawrence. Ooh, for that same reason, because idea. she has a little bit of a rasp to her uh, voice. I, I don't know which one I like better, mine or yours. Yeah, I, I like them both. How about uh, let's do Grimlock. Grimlock. Me, Grimlock. For me? Uh, sure. Voiced by the Iron Giant himself. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Nice. Mm-hmm. I went with another uh, baritone by the name of Brad Garrett. Nice. From Everybody Loves Raymond. I'm Brad Garrett. <laughs> Me, Grimlock. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. All right. Uh, next, I have a character we haven't really talked about much, uh, but he's one of my favorites in this film, which is Cup. Cup. The uh, the cranky old guy, the old veteran, who I, I love that they set up throughout the he, He's always got a story for everything. This reminds me of the time I I've never on. seen anything like yeah, this. Yeah, then we before. get to the end. What That's is, actually like, it, like right yes, now, I've got goosebumps. He's like, doesn't when this he remind you of everything? Like, no. I've never seen anything oh, like this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a great line. Who do you uh, have for Cup? Is it, is it my turn or is it yours? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do Cup. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's good. Mm. I went with J.K. Simmons. Oh! Oh, that's another great one. This was a fun one to this do. This was a fun one to do. Um, uh, all right. Did you do Rekgar? Oh, I didn't. Oh, Go for it. Okay. So he was the one that he was the Junkticon yep. or whatever. He that talks was, in uh, TV. He, you talk TV. I talk Played TV. by Eric Idle. Mm-hmm. Well, in that scene, you've got the Dare to be Stupid song. Yep. And I always felt like, did they want to get Weird Al oh. to voice that character? And now we will. And would it have been better if he had? So yeah, I uh, I recast Weird Al Yankovic as Rekgar, but my also ran Simon Pegg. <gasps> oh, Simon Pegg's a great choice. Yeah. I like that idea. I did not do him. So you didn't do Rekgar. I'm left with kind of the, the top four now. Oh, okay. Did you do Ultra Magnus? I did do Ultra Magnus. Uh, 
Okay, oh, hold it's on. top five then. Okay. Let's do Ultra Magnus. All right. My Ultra Magnus uh, is going to have an accent, an Irish accent, because he's going to be Liam Neeson. Oh. Ultra Ooh, Magnus. That's, that's I, good. I have a particular set of skills. Oh, my gosh. And that's blowing up. <laughs> I blow up. <laughs> my head becoming <laughs> the, disembodied. My new name is Glassjaw. <laughs> uh, I went with James Spader. Based Ooh, on his Ultron from Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> Mag- uh, Ultron. Ultron Magnus. Magnus. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then now I'm at uh, I'm at Unicron, buddy. Okay. Want to do Unicron? You uh, got something else? In yeah, there. no, no, no. I'm tr- well. I'm trying to think because I've got one, two, uh, three, four, five left. I have Optimus, Megatron slash Galvatron. I didn't do dual voices for that one. Oh, I I did. Oh, you did. You? Yeah, All I right. did dual voices. That's probably why I've got. Okay. I feel like I've got more. All right. So Unicron. Unicron. Uh, I went with Jeff Bridges for Unicron. Oh, nice. My, my I al- got in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my uh, my also ran on that is Idris Elba. Ooh, interesting. He's got a great voice, too. I went with uh, somebody who's already in the Transformers uh, filmography now, uh, playing um, Megatron in the new ones. John Turturro. No. <laughs> Hugo <laughs> Weaving? Hugo Weaving. Dude, hell yes. Just because I like, you know, you th- you think of his Mr. Anderson turn from The Matrix. And I loved his voice. Where, if there was anything that I really loved in the new Transformers, like, I hate that they didn't use... Uh, Oh God! What's his name? Um, yeah, Frank, Frank Welker. Walker. I I hate that they they made him play Starscream. Yeah, and like they reduced him, but then they like end up bringing him back in like the sequels to do the voice. Oh well, he. I mean, for Megatron. Uh, oh, I thought they I did. Think they did actually yeah. come to think of it. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that his turn, Hugo Weaving as as Megatron, was really good. Yeah, well, he'll be Unicron in my version. That's good. Uh, all right. So that leaves us. Do we want to do like Hot Rod? Let's then, do. Let's do. Or do hot we rod. want to do Hot Rod last? Uh, no, he sucks. Let's do Optimus last. <laughs> okay, uh, Hot Rod. Uh, I have like three. I have oh. three choices. I ended up narrowing it down to Paul Rudd. <laughs> okay, there you go. Oh, likable. But we could have done Bradley Cooper. Oh, that's a great one. Or Chris Pratt. Yeah, I thought about Chris Pratt too. He's too comedic though for that role. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I went with uh, James Franco. James Franco's he's kind good. of personal, but he's also kind of like brash and young, but you can see him uh, uh-huh. learning learning a lesson nice. or two. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, so Galvatron. Yep. Um, I guess I'll do, I'll do, do, do both do, my voices. Yeah, yeah, do your Megatron and then the Galvatron. Uh, all right, so Megatron's going to start off okay. as Josh Brolin. Ooh, yeah. Thanos. Uh, and then when he gets his makeover, mm-hmm. Will Arnett. <laughs> But not, not like funny Will Arnett, but like, just like, like... Batman Will Arnett. But that's even funny. But like just Will Arnett. I think Will Arnett, if he's not doing like the snarky Batman, like Lego Batman voice, yeah. I think he could have like a voice. great like... Because Galvatron... <laughs> Look at Banner Optimus. Nimoy's, Nimoy's delivery as Galvatron mm-hmm. versus Frank Welker's Megatron, like there was a little bit more of like something edgier going mm-hmm. on with Galvatron. Mm-hmm. And I think that Will Arnett would bring it. What do you have? Uh, I went with... The- <laughs> For Galvatron, I went with Al Pacino. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll find you and every other Autobot. <laughs> and every other fucking Autobot. Because <laughs> you, you got a great ass. <laughs> and your head is all, all up in up it. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's my Galvatron. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that leaves us with... Optimus Prime. Optimus. Who do you have? Well, you want somebody who's uh, who's got a, a gravelly voice there. You want somebody who's fatherly, who's wise... Um, that you can feel for, who's also flawed, you know, um, and uh, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. How about oh God. <laughs> That's a great idea. No, I went with uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston's good. Prime. God, Brian Cranston's really good. I, I'd Thank probably you. recast half of my guys with him, hmm. uh, but not Optimus Prime. Oh, 
because Optimus Prime, uh-huh. you know, when he he got up there, he was like this classic hero. Like kind of John Wayne. Kind of. Yeah, I was about to say he's oh. tapping some of that John Wayne. Um, and who taps John Wayne better than Kurt Russell? <gasps> oh, dude, that's a great idea. And he's the voice of Optimus oh, Prime. Oh my god! Oh, then he's like perfect age for it now. Too. Yes, he is. Yeah, he'd be really oh, doing good. his Pork Chop Express uh-huh. voice. Which which brings me to a game that I'd like to play with you. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Okay. By the way, my director mm-hmm. uh, directors would be Phil Lord and Chris Miller from the Lego from movie. Lego movie, and mine, of course, is Brad Bird, my favorite nice. animation director. There we go. So a new game that I want to play with you. Okay. And We're uh, at an hour thirty. By no, that, the way. that's okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be really quick. <laughs> okay. Um, because we've talked about this in the past, and I think it's just it it originated from me trying to do like my Kurt Russell impression, okay. and it usually sounds like John Wayne. Oh right. Or John Wayne sounds like Kurt Russell. So what I want to do is I'm going to throw some movie quotes at you. Oh, Russell or Wayne. And it's Russell or Wayne. Nice. <laughs> Are you ready for All this? All right, here we go. Closing All my right. eyes. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is it Russell or is it Wayne? <laughs> I'm tired of talking. I just want to get up to my shack and get drunk. I'm going to go John Wayne. Kurt Russell. Fuck. From the thing. <laughs> it's Kurt from Russell the thing. from The Thing. All right, all right. All right. How about this one? Take two. A fellow as ugly as you are probably couldn't get to first base without a fire. Without a fire? Kurt Russell? John Wayne from the Hellfighters. Oh, shit. All right. (laughs) 0 for 2. You want that gun? Pick it up. I wish you would. Okay. Now, I feel like you're trying to steer me towards John Wayne with the line choice. But I think you're fucking with me, so I'm going to go Kurt Russell. It's John Wayne. Fuck! Your Bravo. <laughs> We're going to play some more of this. What uh, I want to do is start having you like be the avatar for the listener. Russell or Wayne. And what we'll do is we'll pick a listener every week, and we'll play Russell or Wayne. Nice. If you get it right, that listener will win a prize. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And as long as we're playing games... Uh, we, we've gotten in the habit of putting a poll. Obviously, we talked about the Queen That's soundtrack. Right. That's we're going right. to have another poll on the Facebook page. <laughs> uh, and this time, it's going to be, uh, who's the most annoying character in the Transformers movie this oh, week? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and it's a hard one. Obviously, Wheelie's a contender. The, Daniel. The, uh, Daniel is another <laughs> contender. Uh, Grimlock uh-huh. is, our, is our third one. And, 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 and yeah, then Blur? Yeah, yeah, Blur is the fourth one. So yeah. there's our options. Blur, Wheelie, Daniel, or Grimlock. Who's the most annoying? You can go to the Facebook page and vote uh, right is, now. I think I'd have to vote for Wheelie. I'm going to put that I out there right now. I think, think so, too. I think I have to vote for Wheelie. But Daniel's a little fucking annoying brat. Yeah. And he's got a lot more screen time than Wheelie does. He really does. But Wheelie, man, takes advantage of that fucking real estate. Yep. Um, all right, so next week, and, and we talked about this. We were like, oh, man, that you know, uh, David Huddleston mm-hmm. from The Big Lebowski. Yeah. And if you're familiar with Santa Claus, the movie, uh, passed right. away. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, sir. We, we were talking about maybe we'll do a movie. Maybe we'll do Big Lebowski. I think so. Uh, because point. of this. And um, because it's my pick, <laughs> I'm going to be the asshole and say, I'm sorry, Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> David Huddleston. I was going to say, for- isn't that Loki? <laughs> When I first heard the word, somebody was like, hey, did you hear David Huddleston die? I was like, fucking Loki died? Oh. Um, so, no, uh, I've decided that the Olympics is going to take precedence. Yeah, man. Uh, this is a movie that I've wanted to talk about for some time. Uh, a movie starring uh, Johnny Knoxville oh. called The Ringer. <laughs> you know the premise of this movie? Okay, so I think he, in order to compete in the Olympics, he decides to masquerade as a, as a special he, person. Yeah, he so he'd be in the Special Olympics? He masquerades 
as yeah as a special needs individual great uh so he could compete in the special olympics so he and his uncle could win money by betting on them of course ah uh, <laughs> yeah got it um and i think this is like from the Farrelly brothers i think you're right too yeah. and this isn't a very old film maybe no. 10 years old or so yeah probably about 10 years old uh i never saw it it didn't seem appealing to me um I'm, you know, i like jackass but i wasn't really sold on johnny knoxville but i remember hearing good things about this film it's actually uh and i'm gonna save most of this for air but one of the things i was impressed with with this movie is that i feel like it it explores like it explores the the special needs aspect mm-hmm. with a lot of respect nice uh, yeah, you have to yeah yeah you do uh and it's one of the things that actually kind of endears me more to it and didn't they cast like actual kind mm-hmm. of special yeah. needs kids yep. they're not it's not they're not going full retard with uh no, no. Uh, <laughs> what's his name <laughs> With Ben Stiller, or, yeah, Simple Jack. Mm-hmm. No, there's no. There's, you make my eyes rain. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if this is on streaming services or not. Uh, but yeah, next week going to be talking about nice. uh, Johnny Knoxville in The Ringer. With I like that. Catherine Heigl. Oh, was she in that too? Yeah, unfortunately, when people were still casting her. <laughs> people still enjoyed her. Yeah. when she wasn't talking shit about her co-stars. Uh, well, yeah. We can talk about what a see you next Tuesday she is. Uh, yeah, right. When I see you next Tuesday, I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> we will see all of you next Tuesday for the Ringer right here on the Editing Bay. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Jeff. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Joel. Joe, till all are one. Till all, all are, are one. one. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.